Welcome to the Mostly Normal Gamers Podcast. Woo! One of your hosts, Gabe <laughs> Fall. Today, we'll be talking about more free games from Sony, Switch updates, and Call of Duty Season 3. Also, we're going to talk about some scary stuff happening in the woods. You're going to want to listen. It's going to be scary. This is episode 43, and we're recording on Wednesday, April 15th. Today, I'm joined by John Swansong Swanson. What's up, brother? Honk, honk. Honk, honk. <laughs> Stop looking and at me. And AJ Identification ID. Check it. Yeah, yeah. We're going to be checking IDs all day, like you're at the liquor store. And you're 20 years old, and you're trying to buy booze. The rest of you think it's weird that the liquor store is considered essential? No, not at all. I think I think if I were a responsible drinker, I would probably need a glass of wine or whatever it was that wound me down on occasion right now. Alleviate that anxiety? Yeah, exactly. My sister texted us this morning and said... Uh, that liquor sales have gone up like 55% or something like That's that. That's insane because my girlfriend was just telling me that DUIs are down like 70%. Yeah, everybody's staying at <laughs> home when they're getting wasted. So it a lot, there's some certain social benefits from the quarantine that were unexpected, I guess. Exactly. I feel like there's going to be, I don't know, I feel like once people start going back to the bars, they're going to forget how drunk they get. And then there's yeah. going to be more DUIs. <laughs> Dude, and honestly, it doesn't Maybe. seem like that many people are staying at home. Like, traffic no. is still a thing when I come home every day, so. Well, and also, the same person that's going to get a DUI is the same person who's going to not quarantine, right? Maybe. Yeah, probably. I mean, you're you're probably not the smartest person, or you're drunk, <laughs> right? Yeah, like, that's true. You're dr- at, you're, at minimum, you're drunk. Yeah. <laughs> And if you're driving, you're probably not the <laughs> smartest person. I've heard drunk people are ten, tend to make poor decisions. I, yeah, I, I've heard that too. Yeah, it's almost like alcohol impairs your judgment. Almost. Mm. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Let's stick to the news we know, which is video games. Video games! Hey, if you, dear listener, want to be a part of this conversation or you have a pressing question that you want us to weigh in on, you can reach us a couple of different ways. The first way. At MN Gamers Podcast on Twitter. Follow us there. Send in any questions you'd like. If you don't use Twitter, you can email us the old fashioned way, like it's 1997, at mngamerspodcast at gmail.com. Go ahead and send us an email. Or also, our website is mostlynormalgamers.com. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we have listener write in email, right? Podcast at mostlynormalgamers.com. Yep. Yeah. Go ahead and email us there. Speaking of mostlynormalgamers.com, that's our website. And you can read about stuff there. And you can find ways to listen there. And look at and Gabe's you can just... fancy picture of him and his fancy mustache looking all fancy and professional. If there's one it, reason to yeah. visit the website, it's to see that mustache. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> you could do that <laughs> if you want. I'm nervous about it. <laughs> That's okay. If, but if you would like to get a, get to know us better, go check it out there. It's a great spot. Absolutely. AJ, 
How you doing? I'm doing all right. I just got a whole bunch of homework done. I think I have maybe mentioned in previous episodes that I'm taking some college courses, uh, trying to finish up some degrees. And I feel semi-accomplished right now because I got a bunch of shit done today. Nice. Yeah, so pretty good feeling coming into the podcast with a little um, little bit less weight on my shoulders when there's plenty of weight from the outside world. <laughs> yeah, absolutely there is. John, I heard you are doing some work around the house this afternoon. Yeah, my wife sent me a picture this morning of a dead thing in our basement. And it was <laughs> like a gelatinized mouse that I came Oof. home and had to clean up. And yeah, it was disgusting. I like, I'm physically sick just kind of thinking about it and talking about it right now. But I'm glad oh it's gosh. over and I don't have to do it anymore right now. But yeah, oh I think my it gosh. Was, it could be considered patient zero. It wasn't in China. It was in my basement. The, <laughs> the corona. The corona started here. That's where it came from. Bloomington, Minnesota. Dude, the first time I saw someone call it the Rona, I was like, it's got a nickname. <laughs> That's like a bad three, sign. Three weeks in, it's got a nickname. <laughs> yeah. How are you doing, Gabe? I'm doing okay. Um, we sold our house. Yeah. So now the real work begins. <laughs> I've got another like a uh, month and a half of moving and trying to find a new place to live, hopefully a new house, and move into that, and then play video games again. Hopefully, some time in between there. I mean, now that our house is like clean and mostly empty, I'm pretty confident they'll be able to sit down and get on the sticks a little bit. But in the meantime, I have been playing almost nothing. Yeah, because I've been very busy. John, what have you been playing? I actually just finished Resident Evil 3 nice. earlier this week, I think. Nice. Um, yeah, it was really good. It, it is short. I think I finished it in just under seven hours. Oh. And I was expecting it to be like 14, and that would be short. <laughs> yeah, no, it's seven. And it, I mean, it, it does feel like a complete game. It doesn't seem like... A, expedited or anything like that i never played the original resident evil 3 so i can't really judge on how accurate it was of a remake to the new one but i there's something about the remakes of mid to late 90s just how different pop culture was and culture in general during that time and just things that it was okay to say and do that looking back it's not okay to say and do that they do in that game. Like they swear constantly. And then just very strange, weird things that are totally nineties that I think we've forgotten about. And I think I enjoy that little piece of nostalgia from time to time. I think that's why I enjoyed resident evil too. And it was a great game. And this is very similar to that. It's just shorter. And the game is, I don't know. It's, follows Jill and Carlos. I don't know if you guys saw my tweet that I put up, but I shared a screenshot. I changed Carlos's hair because everybody said it was terrible. And it was, dude. It looks like he has a jerry curl, which is just not okay <laughs> in any way, shape, or form. So I had to get I rid of that. I thought you said you liked this nostalgia of the 90s. What are the, the, jerry the jerry curl, curl? man was never cool. And if it was, it was like the 80s or something like that. <laughs> I was trying to think of the... Uh, what's the movie? Not Beverly Hills Cop, but um, 
God, Ed, the Eddie Murphy movie. Where Beverly Hills Ninja? No, that's no, it was Beverly where Hills. Where they have Jerry curls and uh, Coming to America. Haven't you guys ever oh, seen? Oh yes, Coming to America. Yeah, is a good got movie. that guy from. <laughs> the, yeah. Anyway. Oh man. Made me think is... of that movie, so I had to change his hair. <laughs> but it's fun, man, and it does leave you. Are you guys pretty familiar with Resident Evil? Like, have you played four, five, and some of the earlier ones or anything? No, not I'm me. Not. Okay, it did change considerably from one and two, and where it was like tank controls and very restrictive as far as what you could carry and amount of saves. Like you used to have to get these ribbons in order to save at a typewriter, and they took up a space in your inventory. I mean, your oh. inventory was like four things. So think of this: like you could keep like a ribbon, a handgun, and sh- like handgun ammo, and whatever item you found that you think might unlock a door or something. And that's it. If you came across like green herb, you had to pick something to drop and pick up the green herb. Uh, you better uh, believe I'm picking up that. <laughs> so after time, it kind of evolved into what it is like a little bit more actiony. And this was certainly more along those lines, but when you finish the game, you can go through and accomplish these tasks kind of like they were, trophies and as you accomplish them they unlock different things like infinite ammo and stuff like that so i in my eyes it would be fun to go back and do that stuff and i would like to do that so it does have some level of replayability but i could see some people balking at the 60 dollars price tag for a seven hour game but it is good i was, I was just about to ask about that because i've seen a lot of the a lot of the reviews i've heard i've been like yeah it's great but it's short. Yeah. I think unless you're a big Resident Evil fan and need to play it now, in which case you probably already have, it's you can probably wait for a sale. I think I saw it was actually on sale already for like 40 bucks, but I'm sure it'll go down um, over time. And then I've actually been, I know AJ has been playing this also, but I am only about five hours into Final Fantasy VII, which is my first jaunt into... Final Fantasy VII, I didn't play it back in the day. I'm not much of a... I play some JRPGs, like I played Xenoblade 2 on Switch for a good long time. I never finished it, uh, but I just don't like turn-based. So when they announced that they were going to do action RPG in this one, I was kind of all over it or wanted to give it a shot. And it's good, man. It's uh, AJ and I have agreed that it's definitely horny. Yes. Um, Tifa wears little to no clothing, which... Just makes you feel like a huge pervert. And I, let's also, address let's address that quickly because Tifa, the character, is complex and she's a fucking badass. Yeah. And then they turn her into this like borderline cartoon character. And don't get me wrong, I'm all for curves, but it's like yeah. sometimes sometimes she looks all right, like it's just like a girl with big boobs. But but other times it's like they're so big that it's like. Yeah. <laughs> not even horny it's just distracting yeah it's like it it's like i'm like why and i understand why because she did have big boobs back in the thing but it was like way less graphics and always from far away you know you never saw i mean sometimes in the cutscene maybe but you never saw tifa like walking around you know like it's yeah. it just changes the whole and it's a huge distraction i think but i'm also like not against it it's it's weird i just want to like definitely mentioned that it's a distraction from the game an unnecessary distraction 
It is, for sure. And that one dude, you know, Biggs and Wedge, speaking of people who sound like Star Wars characters, are, that, yeah. are those not two X-Wing pilots in the original Star Wars movies? Yeah, Wedge and Tilly's. Yeah, but isn't he Biggs was one also? of the only survivors of the Death Star, the first Death Star? But what about Biggs? There's some, there's something Biggs, isn't there? Yep. In Star Wars, yep. I think yeah. he's also an X-wing fighter See, who okay. dies in the first uh, Death Star fight. Gotcha. That's impressive that you guys know the names of the X-wing pilots. Well, watch the movies. Well, you probably have. Anyway, I just want to listen to our that. Star Wars yeah. podcast. Stay tuned for a couple weeks from now. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's coming. Yeah, we're obsessed. <laughs> anyway, the one of those dudes. This is also somewhat distracting. Looks like Charlie Sheen from like Hot Shots Part Two back in the day. Are you talking about Johnny? No, no. Uh, either. Oh, Biggs or oh, Wedge. yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's Biggs. Yeah, yeah, because Biggs kind of is distracting too. But <laughs> um, the game is really fun. Speaking of things that are actually relevant to this podcast. The game's fun. The turn-based or the action is fantastic. Like switching between characters is super streamlined and easy. Uh, each one is kind of distinct. So far, like I said, I'm only five hours in, so AJ can probably uh, speak a little bit more on it <laughs> because I've only played as Barrett for what was the demo, uh, Cloud obviously, and then Tifa, and now I just got to the point where I. Th- I'm pretty sure I'm going to be able to play as Jesse, but we shall see. So, anyway, I'm excited to kind of keep going on it. AJ, your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I've pretty much been playing solely Final Fantasy for the last, like, four days straight. (laughs) Um, I'm about 30 hours into the game, and I'm at Chapter 14, which I think is near the end, because I don't want to, like, spoil things or whatever, but I'm about to like go into the Shinra Tower. So anybody who's ever played the game before knows what that means. And it's it feels like I'm nearing the end of what would be like my time in Midgar. But I cannot express how much I love this game. This is by far my game of the year so far. And the game I played before this was Uncharted 4. So like I went from the cream of the crop, Uncharted 4, to Final Fantasy 7. And it's not disappointing. If anything, it's better (laughs) and obviously different game but like i oh man i just can't get over it like you mentioned with the combat it's almost like a dance like you see the bars fill up and as soon as that atb gets there like you're hitting the d-pad and your tifa you make that move and then once you like get more advanced in the combat and you can orchestrate like this spell will stagger them and then you can use tifa to like drop kick them or dive kick them or whatever it's called yeah and it just turns into like like a dance, I, I would say, is the best way to describe it. Because yeah, I haven't just... gotten to the point where it feels like that much, that flowy to me. Yeah. Getting the timing down and stuff on everything. But it's satisfying. It's just I'm not, like, as in it. Mm-hmm. And, like, speaking of, like, the flowy part that you were mentioning, like, you can just get in that flow and you can, uh, like, map spells and actions to, like, a button press. So if you, like, hold L1 triangle, it's a, it's fire. Like, L1 circle, it's, you know, braver. Like, whatever you choose to put there. So, like, it gets even faster with that. And then if it gets, like, too intense and everything's, like, going to shit, you can, like, switch to the... I forget exactly what it's called, but, like, the tactical menu or whatever. And then from there, like, go through, like, old-school-style 
down on the D-pad item, go in potion versus like the crazy frenetic shit that's going on normally. Yeah, yeah. So it has that balance for both um, because you don't have to go crazy fast like I was talking about. You can choose every player's action with that tactical menu. So it's almost like if you want, you can play it just like old school Final Fantasy without even playing the, the classic settings. Right. Um, I, I think will, it's very cool. Yeah. I will say that it's a little bit too easy at some points. Maybe that's just because I also like really know how to take advantage of all the setups in yeah. like, the gear Are you going and stuff. And doing all the like side missions before you carry on to the story? Yes. I've yeah. been trying to consume like every and that's like another thing about JRPGs is like the grind. And I was wondering how they were gonna like have a grind in this game. And I guess that's it. Just with yeah. these side quests, and but you don't have to do them, and I'm not sure if you skip it if it makes the main like the main game is maybe harder, like the main yep. scenario might be harder if you don't do the side quests because you're not as high level. Yeah, I, don't know. I would assume so, but I've found it. Again, I'm only five hours into it. Have you finished it or? No, I haven't finished it yet. I'm oh. in like a part right now, like you just mentioned, where I have like. I think there's, like, 12 empty boxes or something of side quests, and I found, like, six of them so far. And they're like, if you go into the Shinra Tower, you can't do these side quests. So I'm just, like, basically running around Midgard right now, like, doing stuff. Yeah, that's I completed all the original side quests before. Yeah, it has, like, different sections of side quests. Like, yeah. Like, after big plot points that you go back into, like, quiet time side quest area, which is honestly my probably my favorite part of the game is just like fucking around with the characters and the cities and stuff. But, uh, I don't know if I mentioned this already, but like there's weird difficulty spikes. It seems like sometimes I'll just be like going, 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 it's easy, easy. And then all of a sudden I'll ran into, run into like one character that's just like a little bit harder. And then I have to struggle with for a while, which I guess is a good thing that there's some challenge in there. Cause I was saying it was too easy, but I don't know. I feel like they could have found a better balance in there. Yeah, I'm. I've heard that complaint a lot too, and I haven't really gotten there to anything that frustrating yet. But I have heard that where it's not very. You'll get to one boss or whatever it is, and it'll mm-hmm. be exceptionally difficult, whereas the rest of the game has been pretty easy breezy. So yeah, yeah. But uh, there's been no gameplay glitches, no crashing. Yeah, like it's been just an honestly. I wasn't going to buy the game until the day of, and I was like, this is getting some hype. Yeah. And I was like, fuck it. What else am I going to do, right, during this quarantine? So I pulled the trigger, and man, like, the last time I was hesitant to buy a game and bought it was Monster Hunter World. Yeah. So, like, I guess... You've only put, like, 600 hours in that game, so... So, I guess whenever I'm hesitant, I should just start buying shit. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah, so then... Uh, I just I, I'm uh, looking forward to playing it more after this, um, and then I guess the last thing I picked up that Assassin's Creed bundle you told me about, but I've barely oh, yeah. touched the surface. I've been um, just a, going through the Caribbean a little bit, trying to establish myself as a pirate on Black Flag. Oh, is this um, the uh, yeah on the Black Flag bundle? Yeah, I bought it on the Switch. Yeah, it was like twenty three something, twenty three ninety nine plus tax. Nice. And so far, it's running pretty good. I've seen a little bit of, like, popping and stuff. Um, but, I mean, I'm playing an Assassin's Creed game just, like, laying on my couch. It's pretty awesome. Nice. So, 
in that bundle is it uh i'd imagine it's assassin's creed 3 assassin's creed 4 black flag and then assassin's creed rogue the one i got is just the last two it's black flag and rogue oh okay that was black flag and unity no the one i got is black flag and, and rogue i'm pretty i'm pretty oh, sure yeah those are two good games to be playing together because they're pretty much they're very much the same game as like the stories are very different uh but the the gameplay is a lot the same and it's just cool to be in those very different environments of black flag being in the caribbean and then rogue being in kind of the american northeast so in canada and new england basically super i i really 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 loved rogue and the story in Rogue is really great. And then again, it's the same mechanics that you learn from Black Flag. Just transfer right over. It's just so much fun. Yeah, that's perfect. And the thing I bought is called the Rebel Collection for Nintendo oh. Switch. So I don't know if it's oh, a different okay. thing. It might be different. Hmm. That is different than what I was thinking about. The Americas Collection includes all the games that took place in the Americas, um, which would be... Rogue, Black Flag, Three, and then Three Liberation. Okay. What am I, some sort of geography expert or something? I don't know. That's what we got Google for. Oh. Google Maps. Assassin's Creed like really only takes place in like four or three different continents, so which is kind of a bummer. Well, I, mean, I guess for the Middle East. Assassin's is Creed. Like, are you holding and... out for Assassin's Creed Antarctica? Or? That's what I was gonna say. <laughs> oh, yeah. it's the obvious Dude, joke. I just. <laughs> I just need one. No, it's funny. (laughs) I just need one mainstream or mainline Assassin's Creed game to take place in Asia somewhere. Like I think that'd be so much fun. Dude, people have been clamoring for that forever, and then by the time it comes out, people are not going to be clamoring for it because we're getting Ghost of Tsushima. And I don't know. Have you guys played AJ? You played Origins or Odyssey? Yeah. No? I never played. I never played Origins. Odyssey. I'm right behind you on that as okay. far as like hours put in, and I never made it through like the dark part of the DLCs. I can't remember like where you oh. go to Hades. Um, I'm still right at the beginning of Hades. It's. I bought uh, Syndicate because I had heard that was really good, and it was on sale on PlayStation. So I purchased it and I played it a little bit before things started coming out. And it's really tough for me to go back to that way of playing. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. so much different than currently with the, when they kind of transitioned to action RPG, I had forgotten how much they changed the control scheme and all that stuff. So it's kind yeah, of difficult. I'm with you a little bit. And I feel like having it on a different console makes it better. It's like a different controller and it yeah. feels different in my hands. And I'm like learning yeah. a whole new thing. Dude, I love that about Switch. Yeah. Like, because that was my exact thought. I was like, well, maybe I'll get it on Switch because it's just, it's almost like it's a different realm altogether. You well, know yeah, that? and like the buttons have different names and stuff. I know they're in the same place, but you still have to think about it enough where like it's learning again. <laughs> right, right. Gabe, have you been playing anything or just the moving game? Just the moving game. Who earns? Yeah, hopefully. Well, Hopefully soon. <laughs> Hopefully. That didn't this, sound very hopeful. I've got this Project X Cloud that I'm really hoping to utilize for oh, some yeah. of the downtime that I do have. 
I've got like a Plague Tale Innocence queued up there. I've got more Gears 5 queued up there. Um, the difficult thing about just trying to play Gears 5 on there right now is just the amount of time that like a round of Horde mode takes because it is like a like a two and a half hour commitment. And Gears has this thing where if you leave the game, if you like quit out of a Horde mode, then they will kick you off if you quit too many times. Yeah. Uh, so it's definitely not one of those things that, you know, especially like having kids, like I can't just like put the controller down and walk away right? Um, or back out of the game and walk away without at risk or without being at risk of my account being banned from playing hard mode. So, right, right. One of those things that I'm kind of being careful about, but I am very excited to get into some more games soon because I, I really I just need it right now. I just I just need to play some games. Yeah. Um. Speaking of games, Sony is offering free games. Yay! <laughs> oh, yeah. Into the news. <laughs> news, news, news. So, Sony is offering free games. They're offering Uncharted, the Nathan Drake collection on PS4, and also Journey on the PS4, which I didn't know actually came out to the PS4. I knew it launched on the PS3. Yeah. Um. But it must have been ported pretty quickly. Uh, So yeah, this is not a deal for people with PS Plus. It's just anybody who owns a PS4 can download these. So even if you don't have PS Plus, you can go ahead and you can play Uncharted, the Nathan Drake Collection, which is the first three Uncharted games, Uncharted 1, Uncharted 2, Uncharted 3. Um, Solid content right there, man. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's huge, because that's like a hundred plus hours of gaming right there yeah then also you can play the game journey which is a smaller game uh but it's also a game that was really really well regarded and i think something that everyone who has played journey has the story about journey and it affected them in a big way uh if you don't know it was a game that was developed uh by the director on the game was a guy by the name of Genova chen um, and he's developed a lot of really cool games. And Journey, in kind of like Death Stranding in a way, this is way before, of course, this game came out in 2013. Um, but in a way, you're able to help people with solving the game or playing the game indirectly by your save coming in and you kind of as a ghost character coming in and guiding others along the way on this journey up a mountain. Yeah, it's really affecting. It's really, really great. Uh, at the end of the game, they list all the people that helped you along the way, which is really nice. All their uh, PSN names or PSN profile names. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I'm looking forward to this because I haven't played it, and I've also heard that playing it like without other people, like without a community, is... It is a game I think that you should play online uh if you don't have ps plus it's still okay you can still play the game um but it is something that i think you should you should try to play online if if you can yeah. it's really really great you know what's funny um, is i think when i played that game when it first came out i think i because it's not very long it's only a few hours and yeah. i think i did it on a night when i was drinking and i don't really i mean i remember it being very cool but I don't really remember any of the 
things people talk about as being kind of impactful moments and stuff like that. So I could probably use another playthrough with it also. Yeah, absolutely. This is a part of the Play at Home initiative that Sony is putting on, in addition to releasing both of these games to free to the millions of PS4 players. Uh, it also includes a $10 million fund to support independent game developers, which is a really big deal. I mean, Journey, again, made by a very small team of people. Um, starting off as a college project, like it truly is that independent game that they're trying to support here so this is this is a big thing that sony is doing and it's yeah. i think especially in this time where we're all trying to stay home like they're really pushing that effort to try to keep people at home and keep people entertained with these games right and uh oh sky is the other game that jenova chen's team has come out with recently that's on ios and i think it's coming out to switch soon it has a very similar aesthetic yeah it's very it's a pretty game for sure and you get to hug people yeah, which you can't do right now. <laughs> you can't, public, you can't, so. but you can in Sky. Right. Yeah. So play. If you miss hugging people. You can still <laughs> do it. Uh, you know, through the cyberverse. I it, games like this, I think, are important, especially in times like this. So yeah, I agree, man. It's exciting to see that they're they're putting that out there, especially again to all PS4 players. You do not need PS Plus. You can just download this game as long as you download it within the time frame. I don't think they have a time frame listed here. But go ahead and download those. I, oh, man, they did have it. It's from like the 15th to May 4th or something like that. Or It's like a two-week period starting April 15th. So just make sure you're watching it. Yeah. And they're going to yep. release more. And you get – did you already say that you get them? They're not just during this time. It's not like you're streaming them or you – like when you download them you they're yours to keep yeah you can like if you don't have time to play through all three uncharted's right now you can still play them later i'm glad you you download them within that period of time i'm glad you clarified that because i to be honest haven't read the article and i was gonna ask that but i wasn't sure if anyone knew the answer so i didn't want to like put anyone on the spot (laughs) but now that john said it thank you very much because that's good to know because how could you play all that in like two weeks unless you're an insane person like me yeah, and I did I sorry AJ you might have to edit this crap out too, but uh, they're gonna keep coming out with games like this is just the first two of, and then after this week or two weeks or whatever, then they're gonna release more games for free. I think, pretty sure. But we don't know what yet. I don't think so. Cool. I would imagine we would see a lot of these uh, PS4 launch titles. Kind of yeah, from exactly. seven years ago. Again, there's still really great games. Like Uncharted yeah, is a really good series. So don't sleep on it. If you haven't played it and you don't own it, just go ahead and download it. Do it. The next thing you can download is Fallout 76. Boo. <laughs> don't boo it. <laughs> I can do whatever I want. I guess. Don't tell me what to do. <laughs> So, the new DLC is out. Uh, it's called Wastelanders. It introduces NPCs t- to this fully online game. I'm really confused about it. I've got a lot of questions. Yeah. It's... I think it's a good thing. It's. I think it's definitely a good thing, because there's plenty of other online games that have NPCs. Uh, and I think that 
most true, like, you know, hardcore Fallout fans probably really want that, right? Because that's, like, what Fallout is to them. Yeah, absolutely. I would think so. I think, I mean, that was the biggest thing when it came out was the fact that they didn't exist, right? Yes. It was definitely one of the biggest. That and, like, <laughs> a, like some kind of bag people were mad about. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Like, I feel like there's a bag, like a, like a satchel involved. Yeah. There was... <laughs> Who could forget the bag? <laughs> this honestly is the first like bit of goodwill that has come out of Fallout 76. Yeah, but um, do you guys remember? So it, it, I was listening to Giant Bomber on my way to work this morning, and Jeff Gersman was talking about it a little bit, and he'd been playing it, and he said it was very, uh, it resembled you know, fallout that you're used to, you know, you go and somebody's robbing a liquor store or a bar and you interact with NPCs and they give you tasks and stuff, just like a fallout game that you're used to, but there's other, you know, player characters out there also. Mm -hmm. But this, this goodwill comes from, do you guys recall fallout first, which is still a thing? Yeah, yeah, they announced the subscription service and the delay on the same day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and this finally came out, and people have had that subscription service since, I think, last year at some point. So six months plus, paying however much it is. I know it's twelve. I saw twelve ninety nine. I don't. I hope that's for a year. I hope it's not per month to be a part of this thing. But uh, <laughs> wait, twelve ninety nine per year? I don't know. I hope it's per year. No, that is that is per month. Oh yeah. Oh my goodness. All right. It's a hundred dollars a year. Dude, Netflix is less than that. Fucking yeah. Disney Plus is less than that. This is yeah. fucking insane, dude. I don't yeah. care if they added NPCs. You can't justify charging people thirteen dollars a month for this shit. It's ridiculous. I get... And it was supposed to be private servers. People have found ways to get onto private servers that are supposed to be reserved for the whatever fallout first people yeah yeah it's not it's it, it everything about fallout 76 has just been this huge dumpster fire that has, has grown and grown and grown now after wastelanders has been out i'm reading reviews of people finally saying like hey this is a decent game you can go ahead and come back now um and i have the i have the game i've got it on a disc unfortunately right now it's packed up um otherwise i would try to play it but it's one of those things where sure they can introduce like npc characters and they can start new storylines and things like that but like is the game going to be fixed because that game is still like super fucking janky and super frustrating to play yeah um like where you were mentioning all the things or i was mentioning all the things having to do with things outside of the game that it got hard like a hard time for i failed to mention all the things you're talking about like the fact that it didn't run well on anything ever and yeah yeah and i just that that engine was just not built for it no um i had somebody one of uh my coworkers sent me an image of this is just an example of how how this engine works and how it's not right for an online game. I had a coworker send me a picture and a description of 
the train in Fallout 3, the subway in Fallout 3. And the subway in Fallout 3 works like this. The actual subway car that you enter is a hat on a person's head. Because they couldn't figure out how to move things that big in Fallout 3, like in that engine. So basically, the train, the way the train works is you walk into this person's hat, and then that person just walks. What? That NPC walks. That's how the train works in Fallout 3. Um, so that's kind of the, the, the shit that they're dealing with is this engine that makes it really easy to switch items out and to make items differently, to change a hat into a train car, into a building, into an apple, into all these different things. The difficult thing is when you try to throw more people into that world, because then all of a sudden you're adding, if somebody's got a thousand screws in their inventory, they might as well have a thousand buildings in their inventory. Interesting. And then you're adding all of that to the world. Huh. Yeah. So it's just not, it's it's not a good engine to be running an MMO in. But I mean, they're doing it, and apparently it's better. I haven't played it. I want to play it. Um, hopefully, as soon as I like start unpacking things, I'll get the chance. But yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be nuts for a while. Yeah. And I, do you guys remember when the Fallout first people when that first came out, and you could still play the game for free but the fallout first people they had an icon with their name above their head like everybody has their name above the head but the fallout first people had like some other emblem to let you know that they were fallout first people and they kept getting griefed on yeah yeah it was, it was like a almost like a social battle between like the poor and the rich yeah in a way. Exactly. like 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 class like class, class warfare yeah yeah, yeah. Dude, that shit. I don't know why. I think that's so funny. It's like I don't know. I just, I just it's think like it's like Caddyshack when they throw the candy bar in the pool because oh like, yeah yeah exactly like the caddies are only allowed in on one day, but it, <laughs> if you have the emblem exactly uh yeah we'll see how it goes but I don't know. I, I'm excited for you to play it, Gabe, and let us know how it is. I do not plan on jumping in. Yeah, I think if I if I do jump in, I want to roll a new character and just kind of play the whole thing over again. I did enjoy the story when I started out because I'm I'm a real sucker for just like the kind of the environmental storytelling that the game would do, and that was one of my favorite things about playing Fallout games, um, and of course just the nuclear like the retro futurism yeah. of it all and kind of that nuka punk feeling yep. that uh, I really, really enjoy that. But yeah, I'll jump back into it and hopefully it's good. My biggest, my biggest thing is that I just hope the game runs like it should. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that is the thing, isn't it? Because it, I just double checked and Wastelanders is free. So for those yep. of us slash you, I think Shane actually got it too. Bought it for like five bucks, you know, right after it came out and was on super discount there for a while. So, yeah. Yeah. Why not? I mean, if I had it, I would probably jump back into it. Yeah, I'm not going to pay $40 for it right now. 
Same. That's what I ran into with the Division Two thing. Like it was like I like this game, but not forty dollars for the DLC. Like it. Yeah. Right. Or or or. Moving on to the next story. Another update is out now. The Switch is switching Joy-Con switches. <laughs> this is an article from IGN. Nintendo's Switch update 10.0.0. As this patch wakes out now, it's for the Switch firmware. The update includes... Or I'm sorry. The update focuses on improving user-friendly experience with the Switch. The main feature that has arrived with this update is the ability to remap your controller, which is a leap forward in the accessibility of the platform. Um, Also, you are able to now switch things from your SD card to your Switch hard drive. Oh, I didn't know that. Those those files. Well, I should say you're able... You're able to transfer games from your Switch hard drive to your SD card and vice versa. Save states, however, are going to remain on your Switch. Unless you're using Nintendo Plus with some games, and Nintendo's online service with, with some games, but not all games, it's confusing. Um, it is confusing. <laughs> what do you mean some games, but not all? Like, not <clears throat> Animal games... Crossing, right? Because they have those weird protections. <laughs> Yeah, and yeah, I don't know, man. It's fucking weird. It's like cloud saves aren't available for some of the games that are out on the right. Switch, which yeah. is ridiculous. Because if you drop your Switch or your Switch dies or something, then you lose that save. Yeah, it's absurd. Yeah. Sure is. <laughs> but I love my Switch. Agreed. Are you guys looking really... forward to the update? I mean, you guys both own Switches. Are you looking forward to being able to remap your controllers and uh, Switch games? Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to other people who care a lot more about that than I do to be able to do it. I, I think that some people really care about what buttons are where on their controls and like change them for every game. Yeah. I kind of let the game tell me what to do. Like whatever game, like whatever the developers decided yeah. for controls, unless it's really bad. Yeah. <laughs> I'm with you, man. Like, I change them. <laughs> I I feel like the developers, and I'm not saying people should, everybody should do this, play yeah, out do what, the do what you want to, but I'm with you. Like the developers spent how much time making the game? I'm sure they've put plenty of thought into what actions go to watch which buttons. Mm-hmm. But I do think it's not only a preference thing, but also an accessibility thing for some people also. So yeah, um, that's a Big deal. And then what was the switching games thing that you said? I missed that part. Uh, so you can switch. You're able to move your games from oh. your SD card to Jeez. your Switch hard drive. I don't... And I vice mean, versa. I used to give a shit about that, but I don't really anymore, because you can just archive them. Yeah, but it'd be... Uh, wouldn't it be I, easier to move one from one SD card to the other then? Because you could move it... To your Switch and then over and... Yeah, to I, the other SD I mean, yeah, you could. I guess I I have like a 256 gig oh, yeah. SD, micro SD card, and it's gotten full, but then I just archive all the shit, and then I just download again. Yeah, same. I could find a use for it and would have had a use for it in the past, but um, I don't currently. But it is cool that they're finally allowing you to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so now, John, you got a Switch for your wife. 
correct? Oh, yeah, I did. It actually just came yesterday, and oh. I am trying to set up her online thing, which is becoming – either she keeps saying she's not getting the email. I'm adding her to my account, and she says she's not getting the email. Uh-oh. So, I don't know if I'm To just, be honest with you, I have noticed sometimes my Nintendo emails will go to my like social tab instead of the, the main one. Yeah. I don't know if you're I'm, using Gmail or not, but Yeah. I'm almost certain that she's not just checking the right tab and I can only say that because she's not listening to this, I'm sure. <laughs> or else, uh I'd have to hear about it, but I'm almost certain that's what the problem is, but we shall <laughs> see. Good. But it is I mean one thing I don't really think about a lot with as a Switch owner, since I haven't played some of those Super Nintendo games and Nintendo games for a while, is that family thing is like 20 bucks, isn't it? Yeah. I, that's insane. 20, I mean, that's 20 a good bucks for deal. a year. Yeah, for a year for up to six people. Like, And then when Guy, is, my son, is old enough to play, 20 bucks a year for all those Nintendo games and... Mm-hmm. Online services. I know their online services are lacking severely. I get that, but they're I still do necessary think that's a though. And you need it for like games like Animal Crossing. I, I yeah. made a mistake, and I have myself and Sarah signed up on different Nintendo online accounts right now, yeah. or like Nintendo online services or whatever. And I there was a reason for it. I can't remember why. I think I had like three months free or something, but maybe I'm just too dumb and didn't, like, combine them. But I'm going to have to look into seeing how difficult it is to, like, put us on the same one now that I already have them separate. So I'm going to have to go down that rabbit hole. (laughs) Even though you have them on separate accounts, you're still paying for less than four months of Fallout 76. That's true. And less than one (laughs) year of, like, like, PS Online or... Xbox Online, whatever. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. But he's right about the features. I don't know. So I bought my wife Animal Crossing thinking she would be into it, and she hasn't opened it yet. She doesn't seem terribly excited about it, so... Dude, I literally have had to get into, like, like, relationship testing fights with Sarah to get her to play these games... And then she'll put, like, 150 hours into it. Like, exactly. So, like, I, I don't understand what, why, like, <laughs> the resistance is there. It's because... Because, like, once she learns right. it, I'm she's not like, I love it. Like, like she has, like, Sarah has, like, 150-plus hours into Diablo 3. Yeah. Can you imagine that? If she no, doesn't play insane. games. Like, yeah. what the fuck? I don't know. <laughs> I agree. It makes no sense. <laughs> exactly. Anyway... <laughs> Anyway, speaking of turning things around, (laughs) exactly. Yeah, (laughs) Rockstar is actually changing its company culture, and people are seeing it. I should say, employees are seeing it. Um, Of course, Rockstar has been turning out great games for years, um, but it's been at the expense of a lot of really, really hard work for people at the company. But this is an article from Kotaku by Jason Schreier, who originally, I shouldn't say originally, back in 2018, broke an article about the crunch culture at Rockstar after there was quite a bit of outrage coming from the families of these developers, uh, kind of complaining that they just weren't coming home. Developers were spending 90 to 100 hours in the office every week working on things. 
and those are just the hours you know that were counted uh, i can imagine that um for some creatives it's just sometimes you just can't stop thinking and you just keep working and working and working um so yeah they the heads of the company last year had written out an email or a memo that had their plans for 2020 allowing for more flexible schedules as well as more communication between the employees at the lowest level all the way up through to the managers at the highest level. Um, they're just looking for feedback from employees and then they're looking at the employees are looking for regular updates from the leadership team talking about kind of what games they're developing or what the timelines will be for these games that they're developing um, and how, what the plan is to move forward and be able to get these games out on time. It, I think that's a really good thing. I think it's a big deal that when leadership comes up with a plan that they actually like stick to it and follow it. I think that's the reason why we see a lot of crunch culture coming up is because of the poor planning and the poor management all the way yeah. at the top. Yeah, man, you got to kind of have a, yeah, you said it perfectly. You have to have a plan. You can't just say we're going to change this. You have to have a timeline and a plan to stick to it. And when you don't match those timelines, you have to have a reasonable excuse or rationale behind why you missed those timelines as a man, you know, as management saying, why did these people end up working 60 hours instead of 40 hours or whatever? You know what I mean? And how are we going to manage that in the future? Uh, you can't just say, well, we're going to do better. We're not going to do this or we're going to do this. Like you have to have written and down what you want to do, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And just again, that that 40 to 60 hours, that's if you were to stretch that out over a long period of time, you know, over months of them trying to get out these games that I mean, these games are technical marvels, right? Red Dead Redemption two is um, technically almost a perfect game as far as what I went mean, into it and how it yeah, looks. Yeah, it's boring as shit and a terrible video game, but it looks <laughs> really cool. <laughs> that's why I say that's why I say technically. <laughs> I'm, I'm well, I'm not kidding, but I know a lot of people love it. I'm just trying to be an ass. <laughs> Yeah, I love that game, so whatever. I play some of the online, too. Not a ton, though. Like like you said, there's it's still just... Um, you have to be in the right mindset to play Red Dead. For sure. Yeah, yeah. And you, Dude, maybe I should give it a shot now. If, if we go into a drought, maybe then I should give it a shot, because then I won't be... Usually, the reason I didn't care for it is because I feel like I'm always... I always have the next game on my mind. Like, mm -hmm. I have to finish this game before this game comes out, you know? And Red Dead is so intentionally slow, I just couldn't bear it anymore. So maybe if we are on a drought for a while, I could give it a shot and see if I like it a little bit more. But I kind of ran into that a little bit lately with Animal Crossing. Because it's like, there's nothing really happening in every, like, every step to move forward has like a whole bunch of money involved before it a whole bunch of bells yeah. <laughs> and i don't want to take the time to just like pick up a thousand apples right do you guys think this has anything to do with dan hauser leaving or is this why he left because i know when he did leave he made some comment about 
culture changing and how he didn't even know how they could make a GTA six because of the culture that we live in where everybody is feels like they're stepping on glass all the time and doesn't want to offend offend people. I think uh, Dan was referring to the culture of the world as a whole. Um, or at least that's how I read that statement. But Yeah, I agree. I I don't think he was talking about like the culture at Rockstar necessarily, but I wonder if that was kind of part of it because I guess part of the crunch culture I feel like is a little bit old school because it used to be a bragging point for a lot of devs. Oh yeah. And they talk about developing games back in the day it was a thing of it was like a passion project you know what i mean and they bragged about working 100 hour weeks to because they loved doing it you know and now it that's turned into just kind of the expectation rather than the an exception rather than and that's the problem because like exactly me who loves fucking playing volleyball like i'll go brag about how i played 10 hours straight of volleyball on sunday because i you know loved it but then like i'm not doing that because I'm, it's a job like if i'm <laughs> you know i'm not gonna go ship packages at the medical device facility for 10 hours a day and then brag about it right exactly yeah i it's it's interesting to see and in some of these um documentaries about game makers back in the 80s and 70s uh the guy who made et worked 20 hours a day for six weeks in order oh, yeah. to ship that game on time for Christmas. Because the movie came out in the summertime, and then he needed to like talk to Steven Spielberg to develop a game to have it released by Christmas. Yeah. And wasn't Which that is, game terrible? The game, guy- the game itself is not horrible considering the time and this like the quality of games at the time yeah um it is however pointed as this thing where they spent a lot of money people put in a lot of really hard work to make this thing happen and then it did not sell oh so, really? yeah just the fact that it didn't sell is really the big problem in terms of that game but it, it is just and again another example of crunch and this guy was really proud of his game, and then when it didn't sell, it drove him out of the games industry. And he's a psychiatrist now, I think. So it's one of those things where it's just it's just crazy the amount of work that people put into these passion projects. Yeah. With Dan Hauser being a creative and being somebody who probably is putting a lot of work into these things, and again, it's his it's kind of his baby, some of these stories. I wouldn't be surprised if he was upset over this because he just lost a lot of power that he had kind of in these employees because these employees were out pushing his vision, you know? Yeah. So it could have been one of those things where he had said, if I'm not going to have people working 90 hours a week on my stuff, then I'm not sure that I want it. I'm not sure that number one, I'm not sure it's going to happen. And then I'm not sure if I want to be a part of that. If it's not, if my dreams aren't going to happen. Right, right. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not saying that he's like, like uh, that makes him sound like a big asshole. I'm not trying to paint him as an asshole. Um, but that could be something that was part of his leaving. Let me ask you this. Can you make a GTA game without trips to the strip club and heavy drinking and 
just like the, the that mentality in your developers because that kind of comes out in your storytelling, right? And these games are fucked up. <laughs> yeah. So you kind of need like a depraved person to like create the oh. shit if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I suppose I guess I never really thought about it that way. <laughs> I think I mean, yeah, you have to paint movies still come out that are like that and those games are more akin to cinema i think than most other ones uh oh for sure so i think you can certainly still um do that you just have to be it it would i wouldn't want to fucking toe the line and be a creative right now and have to write stuff to try to appease an audience that comes from different is kind of has a lot of different perspectives and is seems to be offended easily you know just even just before this podcast we were trying to come up with a question to ask yeah. at the end if we were getting exactly. a nervous about that like yeah yeah and I, I i don't i mean i don't want to offend anybody but i will be the first to say that people are far too easily offended these days for sure yeah i mean there's definitely things like that could change about our culture as a whole and i definitely think there are reasons for people to be offended sometimes but it is one of those things where you need to recognize that satire where it is you need to be able to recognize certain truths of the world and um, certain opinions that people have without being offended or without jumping onto onto them too hard for sure uh, anyways let's move on to the next story and our final story Call of Duty Season 3 is up we talk a lot about Call of Duty on the podcast, so I thought I'd include this here. Whatever, um, it's a big game. And also, we have a lot of listeners that play Call of Duty. Shout out Dylan Pomeroy. And also, how awesome is Warzone? Yeah. So that's cool that that's involved in the seasons. I didn't really realize that your progress in the Warzone counted towards your season progress. Um, I do have one concern is that I haven't opened up the actual like season tab of my game in so long. That I'm wondering what happened to like all of my upgrades and shit that I earned, like when the season switched over. If that makes sense to you. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what happens to them. Yeah, I'm sure they're in there, but I, it would have been cool to still like see the thing like unlock, you know? <laughs> right. It'd be nice. I mean, I eventually, right? They'll stop supporting the game, whether it's a year from now or five years from now. Mm-hmm. Um. And then I wonder how that upgrade system is going to work. If it's just going to be like a perpetual thing. Um, well, it resets every season. Like you're, I'm talking about like those season pass rewards. Right, but I wonder what's going to happen after the seasons end. Like after season twenty, what's what's going what's it going to look like? Oh, I see what you're saying. Well, the game will be dead. <laughs> yeah. Everyone I, will I be know. moved on to Modern <laughs> Warfare 17. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's a it's a pretty cool update so far. Uh, I've watched my wife play some of it. I've played a little bit of it. There's some new maps happening. Uh, some of the old maps from before. I'm trying to find the names of them here. Uh, I know one for sure. Anya Palace, which is a map that was able you were able to play it in Ground War is now available for full multiplayer on all modes, even split-screen modes. 
So that's a lot of fun. I played that with my wife for the first time, um, at least together, and that was super fun playing that. Uh, Havoc Sawmill. That's a fun map as well. It's a three-lane map with the balance of mid to long-range sightlines. Super great. And the last one is Talsic Backlot, which was a map from Modern Warfare, or Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare, the original Modern Warfare. One of my least favorite maps out of that game, because it seems like people can just snipe you from anywhere, and you have no idea where anybody's hiding. <laughs> but when you do find one of those spots, it's really fun to hide and snipe people. So, Yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Dude, I love that game. I'm not going to lie. Is, is also, the, the you should download it. Also, the fact that they have four players on Warzone now is pretty awesome. Yes. I had a huge group the other night, and we actually pulled one out. Nice! I'm glad that they're updating Warzone as much as they are and as quickly as they are, because that's, that's really exciting. It's really it's, fun to, it's fun really to see good. that. So that will wrap things up for the news this week. Our mostly normal question of the week is, what's the worst thing that's ever happened to you in the woods. Let's maybe let's change that. No, let's do the worst thing. The worst thing that's ever happened to you in the woods. In, in the forest. In the forest. That counts. <laughs> in the grouping of trees that's bigger than an acre. I don't know. <laughs> AJ, do you have an answer? I do, and this takes me back to this day that I will never forget with my cousin. His name's Eric. We were at this park, which is like half baseball fields half forest and we were just like nine maybe eight years old so we were really little young punks and of course we're just like cousins like trying to be cool right like out of this park and we saw these like 16 year old girls smoking some cigarettes and talking on a payphone that's how old this was <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's how old we are they were on a payphone nice and um so we're like, all right, they shouldn't be smoking. We've watched enough dare videos to know that that's bad. <laughs> we should yell at them. And I'm like, no, don't yell at them, don't yell at them. And Eric's like, no, I'm going to yell at them. And he's like, hey, you guys shouldn't be smoking. And they like, were like, what? And then they just hung up the phone and started running at us. Oh, <laughs> and, we nice. like, and we were like, wait, what? We're nine years old. What are we supposed to do? There's like these 16-year-old girls. And the fact that they were girls was even a little bit more embarrassing because we're like nine-year-old boys. Like, we're trying to be tough, right? But they're like twice as tall as we are. So we just start booking it into the woods. And we could like hear them chasing us like behind us. And we're going through, going through. Finally, we like got to this tall grass and like hid and like laying down. We're both just like panting. We're like breathing so heavily. It's the middle of summer. Just humid as fuck. Mosquitoes everywhere. And we're, like, hiding in these things, like, where are our parents? Like, <laughs> and, and we don't have cell phones, because this is long before cell phones. So we literally just waited in the woods for, man, it probably, it felt like an hour, but it was probably, like, 20 minutes. And the coast was clear, the coast was clear, and we finally just, like, ran out back to, like, our parents' friend's house, because we were <laughs> so scared of these, like, smoking girls that were like chasing <laughs> us down 
Nice. Oh my god. Gabe, what about you? Do you have a story? Yeah. Um, the scariest thing that happened to me actually happened a few years ago. Uh, so I was actually an adult, which makes this even more embarrassing. Um, <laughs> my friends and I, every year, sometime in the summer, we go up north um, to this little group of islands on the St. Louis River in uh, up by Duluth, kind of up by Carleton, Cloquet, that area. Uh, if you're familiar with Minnesota, you kind of know where that is. So we would go up there every year to go canoeing. And the cool thing about this little thing is, like, it's a little mini boundary waters. So it's not like you're portaging. It's not like you got to do it for a week or anything like that. We just go up there for, like, three days uh, and spend some time and really just kind of go up there, paddle around, and relax. Uh, the third year when we started doing it, we, we all went up there and we started hearing like over a little radio that there were tornado warnings for that area. And it was like raining and hailing for most of the time that we were there. In your tent? Um, hmm? And you were in a tent? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. That sounds terrifying. I was in like we a were... tiny storm in the Boundary Waters, and it was scary, but there was nothing like that. <laughs> we were in a tent on an island in the middle of a lake and all of our stuff. And when, when we do this, like we're not seriously camping. I mean, we're not really roughing it. Like we bring a table, we bring chairs, we bring all of these things in this canoe out to the Island. So (laughs) basically when it's the four of us and all of our stuff in the canoe, there's about an inch of clearance from the canoe to the water. (laughs) We're, I mean, we're really, we're really kind of making it leisurely out there. Uh, so we were out there, it starts raining, starts hailing, starts thundering. And then all of a sudden we're like, we need to get off this island. Like we need to go find shelter immediately. Um, and we're completely soaked. Our tent is completely soaked through because the rain is coming in sideways. Uh, we pack everything up. We get it all in the canoe. And we get the four of us in there. There's waves that are about two feet high coming and slapping the side of the canoe. This entire time, I feel like absolute shit as I'm sitting there and trying to trying to come to terms with what we're doing. We're paddling through this lake. There's lightning striking all around us on this lake. It's striking the different islands and everything like that. And we're just like, all right, we just got to go. We just got to keep paddling. Just keep paddling. Just keep going. We made it back to the car and started loading everything up. This is about two hours now after all of this started. We heard the tornadoes. We decided to leave. We made it back to the car, packed everything up, and then we thought, we'll just drive to a campground and we'll just sit in the car and sleep in the car. As we were like in the car, then I started getting really, really cold. So I took off like all of my wet clothes. I'm just sitting there naked in the car with a blanket wrapped around me. Nice. Um, then hot. I started getting really, really hot. So I took the blanket off. And then we decided that we're going to try to drive home the four hours it was back down to the cities. And then I was like, I need to, I need to go somewhere. I need to like get checked out. So I drove myself to the emergency room. They hooked me up to IVs. I was, I was hypothermic. Jesus, and buddy. Just completely freaking out. So yeah. And then a few days later, I was fine. I went home. 
Yeah, my wife was pissed because I got sick while I was camping. <laughs> <laughs> and yet you still love camping. And yet I still love camping. Dude, I have I have one more change to mind. When I was camping one time, I was camping with this girl in Wild Park Reserve on like the edge, like the border of Wisconsin and Minnesota, and we were sleeping. A chipmunk got into our tent, and I thought it was just like a snake or something, or like oh, her no. playing footsie. And I like wake up, look up, see this thing, and I tap her on the shoulder. I'm like, hey, hey. And she wakes up not realizing like what's happening. And as soon as she wakes up, she sits up, and the fucking chipmunk just loses its shit, running around the tent completely in circles and we're just like screaming all we did was like lay down and pull the blanket over our heads <laughs> and then like the chipmunk found its own way out thank goodness but it was oh my terrifying God, man. yeah that's nuts yeah yeah i don't have any stories as i alluded to earlier i think before we started recording i don't really care for camping that much i'd rather stay in a hotel so believe it or not that means i don't have too many good or bad camping stories which is just fine with me. Yeah, I mean, it's good you don't have any bad ones. Like, that's that's ideal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so thank you, guys, for answering that. Thanks for talking about it. If you want to weigh in on our most normal question, you can reach us at MN Gamers Podcast on Twitter, or you can email us at podcast at mngamers.com. Go ahead, check out our website. No, that's Mostly. not our website. Sorry. Podcast at MostlyNormalGamers.com. Thank you. Podcast at MostlyNormalGamers.com. You can check out our website, MostlyNormalGamers.com. Go ahead, check it out. Subscribe. Enjoy it. Read about us. We've got a little buy list for all of us there. Yeah, it um, has a mustache. We mentioned it earlier. Check it out. It's cool. It's, it's so <laughs> full. It's such a full mustache. Thanks, guys. Thank <laughs> you. Uh, so reach out to us. Send us some mail. Talk to us. Let us know what you're thinking about video games and stuff. John, where can people find you? At podcast at mostlynormalgamers.com or at Johnny Samsonite on the Twitter. Perfect. AJ, where can people find you? You can find me at AJ underscore ID. That's E-I-D-E. Give me a follow. Awesome. I'm Gabe Fall pretty much everywhere. Go ahead, follow me. And follow us at MN Gamers Podcast on Twitter. Thanks so much for listening. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.